We've got coaching shakeups across the Big 12 Conference. Welcome in. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is where you find us covering the Big 12. I didn't think I'd be back here doing a show so quickly, but it is Sunday. The regular season's wrapped up, and that means the coaching carousel is in full swing. So Dana Holgerson out at Houston. Dave Aranda staying at Baylor. And to me, each of those moves are the right moves for those respective programs. Let's start with Dana Holgerson, who got blown out. I started looking at this last night, and I said to myself, what's the point in keeping Dana Holgerson? By the way, as we get going, if you're on YouTube, join us. Hit the thumbs up. It's a great way to help us continue to build the show. But I thought to myself, what's the point in continuing to keep Dana Holgerson? He's getting blown out in games. He isn't performing well on the recruiting trail. What is there to suggest that Dana Holgerson's going to turn this thing around? Nothing. The only reason to keep Dana Holgerson was money. He had a $15 million buyout, which I'll get to here in a second. But there was no other reason to keep Dana Holgerson as the head coach. I mean, this guy was getting blown out by TCU, who had a garbage season, by Texas Tech, who had a bad year. I mean, Cincinnati beat him by 10. That's an excusable at home. And he lost to UCF by 14. I mean, he lost to a lot of mediocre teams by double digits. That is awful for Dana Holgerson. I know first year in the Big 12, and I got the sense from Dana at Big 12 Media Days that he didn't have high expectations for this team. But 4-8, and eight, and to lose games the way they did, Double-digit losses to TCU, to Tech, to UCF, 41-point loss to Kansas State. They didn't even show up in Manhattan a few weeks ago. Losing to Cincinnati by 10 points. Cincinnati just got its doors blown off by 30-some-odd points at home against Kansas. And you are losing to Cincinnati by 10 points on your home turf? It's embarrassing the way Houston played this year. So it was a terrible on-field performance, even if you thought there was going to be, and we understood there was going to be a transition of the Big 12. That's why you brought Dana Holgerson here for that transition to the Big 12. That's why he was brought in, because he knew the Big 12. He had coached in the Big 12. And he had two years to get ready for this. He had two years to recruit for this very season. Hey, we're Houston. We're going to the Big 12. Come on and join us. And UCF and BYU have passed them by a mile when it comes to the Big 12 newcomers. And then you look at the recruiting. Houston right now, per the 247 sports rankings, is ranked dead last in the Big 12 and 102nd in the nation in recruiting. It is horrific what Baylor is doing on the recruiting trail. And Holgerson admitted as much a few weeks ago when he said in a radio interview that the ship has sailed for 2024. Now, hold, hold, hold on one second here. I remember a time when Dana Holgerson was coaching at West Virginia, and he complained about the fact that at West Virginia, he can't get big-time talent. The state doesn't have a lot of talent in it, and he can't get guys to Morgantown, and that's why West Virginia can compete year in, year out at the top of the Big 12. He basically said that. I'm paraphrasing, but he said that. 
And part of the reason he went to Houston was because of the immense amount of big-time high school talent within a stone's throw from the campus, which is true. Yet here he was in his first season in the Big 12, all the hype around joining a new conference, a power conference, getting to this level, having all the talent right in his backyard, what he said he needed to compete, and he's got the 102nd-ranked recruiting class in the country? Are you kidding me, Dana Holgerson? That's embarrassing. Dana Holgerson's team, formerly his team, ranks behind Western Michigan, San Jose State, and Georgia Southern in the recruiting rankings per 24-7 sports. (laughs) What was his excuse going to be for that? So when you look at the horrific on-field performance for Dana Holgerson, and then you also look at the recruiting, there was no reason to keep this guy around. He had to go. There was no future with Dana Holgerson at Houston. It was not going to get better tomorrow, next week, or next season. I got to give credit to Houston. You know, a lot of programs going from group of five to power five might have said, hey, we don't have the big money yet. It's a big $15 million buyout. Let's just pump the brakes here. Let's just kind of nurse this thing along and see if we can get Dana to hit the transfer portal and try to turn this thing around. No, Houston's playing big boy football now. And by the way, credit to them for doing the right thing and not using any lame excuses for why they have to bring Dana back for another year. We've seen it. It's been a downward trajectory the last couple of years for Houston under Dana Holgerson's tenure. And there was no reason to think that this thing was going to get turned around. Now, when it comes to Dana Holgerson's buyout, $15 million, this is such a broken system we have in college football. I love America. I love every single one of you and one of us making as much money as we can based on our individual talents. I like the free market. But Daniel Holgerson had zero leverage at Houston and somehow got himself a $15 million buyout while athletic directors are going around to their boosters and alumni saying, you know, with their hands out saying, hey, can you help us uh, with the NIL, the name image likeness money that we have to spend on players? We need help here. Why don't you stop giving $15 million buyouts to coaches who have zero leverage? What was Dana Holgerson's leverage? He went from West Virginia to Houston. Nobody in their right mind was all that interested in hiring Dana Holgerson. I know there were a couple of tech fans that wanted him instead of Joey McGuire, but that was a good move by Texas Tech to not go near Dana for a multitude of reasons. Good play caller, mediocre head coach. That's what he's always been. He underachieved at West Virginia with the talent he had there. Of course, there were always excuses for it, but that's how Dana Holgerson goes about his business. How this guy had a $15 million buyout is insane to me. It's not close to the Jimbo Fisher $77 million buyout, but it still is quite an embarrassment for Houston and, frankly, for all of college football with these buyouts. I saw the Indiana head coach. I can't even tell you the name right now of the Indiana head coach. Put me on the spot. Put a gun to my head. I can't tell you the name of the Indiana head coach. Now, we cover the Big 12 here at Heartland College Sports, so I'm not really worried about Big 10 bottom feeders. But how does the Indiana head coach get a $20 million buyout? Who has ever talked about 
wanting the Indiana head coach. You only get big buyouts when you're a desirable commodity. I just can't get over what an insane clown world we're living in with these ADs and these Board of Regents agreeing to these stupid buyouts, which make agents very rich and, of course, college football coaches very rich after they get fired, but just makes no sense from a business model perspective. But, of course, it's the world that we find ourselves in. So uh, Dana Holgerson's out, and uh, that was the right move. Now the question is this. For Houston, what direction do you go? To me, you make Jeff Trailer at UTSA tell you no once, twice, and three times before you move on if you're Houston. Now, he's making good money over there at UTSA. He's making nearly $3 million a year. Hughes paying Dana about four and a half. Is it worth an extra $1.5 million to go to Houston? Debatable. It is a Power 5 job, though, now. It's not like Group of 5 to Group of 5. You get to compete in the Big 12. And Jeff Trailer is Texas football. He's won at the high school level. It's somewhat similar, I guess you would say, to the Joey McGuire path and model. But unlike Joey McGuire, who had not been a head coach at the collegiate level, Jeff Trailer has, and he's had a lot of success. So to me... That's the question. I'm making that guy tell me no. Because Houston's got to have an edge to compete against Texas or recruit against Texas and Texas A&M and Baylor and TCU and Oklahoma and so many others that mine down in Texas. And Jeff Trailer can be that guy because of his connections to the coaches. I don't know if Joy McGuire is going to be a great head coach, but he has proven to be a guy who can recruit the state of Texas. Texas Tech right now has the top recruiting class in the Big 12 for 2024. Jeff Trailer can do that. If you can do that with a guy who you know can coach as a head coach in college football, Jeff Trailer's done it. Joy McGuire had not done it when he got to Tech. Jeff Trailer has done it at UTSA. He has had success there. He knows the model. He knows how to win. I think he'd be a home run hire. Frankly, I think A&M is dumb to not hire Jeff Trailer, but Texas A&M fans are so insane and have completely lost their minds, uh, you know, they're not going to do the right thing. They already ran off Mark Stoops because I thought they were better than Mark Stoops. You guys haven't won a conference title in 25 freaking years. You haven't won a natty in 85 years. But I'm not going to go down bagging on the Aggies right now. I could, I probably should, but I don't want to get off track. So Jeff Trailer would be my number one choice for the Houston Cougars. Some of the other names that are popping up. Tulane head coach Willie Fritz. He's got 208 wins as a coach. He's won at every level he's been at. I'm intrigued by it. Another name, Texas special teams coach Jeff Banks. Now, this is the uh, the, the monkey guy. Remember Jeff Banks a couple of years back? His girlfriend's pet monkey attacked a kid on Halloween, allegedly. Well, Jeff Branks gets a lot of credit for being kind of the, the brains behind the operation. Um, great recruiter. He's done yeoman's work on that front for Steve Sarkeesian. He knows, obviously, a blueprint for running a program under Sark. I would be intrigued by Jeff Banks. I would just say, you better hire good coordinators and leave the monkey in Austin. Those are my two pieces of advice for Jeff Banks if you want to go down that road if you're Houston. Um 
And then I'll throw you a I'll throw you two wild cards here. I'm not in love with either of them, but Gary Patterson, former TCU head coach, and Cliff Kingsbury. Now, once again, they're not my first choices. I told you Jeff Trailer is one, two, and three for me if I'm Houston. But Gary Patterson did not forget how to coach. He would come in, give you stability, give you credibility. You would just have to make sure you have the horses who will compete in the NIL transfer portal world because I don't think that's what Gary Patterson wants to do. You know, the head coach in college football has become more of a CEO than a coach. That's part of the reason Jimbo Fisher didn't succeed at A&M. You got to have the pieces underneath you. You can't be a control freak. You have to really take that management approach to what you're doing. There's just too much going on. You got 100 plus players. You got NIL. You got transfer portal. You got all these different things you got to manage. I don't know if Gary Patterson wants to do that at this point in his career. I don't know. Maybe he does, but I have no idea. Meantime, Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think Cliff wants any part of this. Cliff Kingsbury has made a lot of money. Um, I think Cliff Kingsbury wants to coach offense. I don't think he wants to deal with the day-to-day grind that being a college football coach entails. I mean, there really is no off time anymore. You've got a transfer portal opening in a week. You got bowl games. Um, you know, then you got a high school recruiting going on. It just doesn't end. You get a little stretch in late spring where you have some time to yourself, but it's not like the old days where you coach football, you recruit, you sign a class in February, you get some time off after spring practice. It just doesn't stop. I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury wants to do that, especially at Houston. But those are two wild cards that are at least intriguing uh, for the Houston Cougars. So that's where I would look if I was Houston. Make Jeff Trailer say no. Get Tillman Fertitta, your mega booster, to step up with some big bucks. And hey, if you can get him up to five mil a year, that might be enough. And uh, Alan's right. Cliff Kingsbury hates recruiting. He always has. So I don't think he's a fit in today's world of college football coaching. But, uh, you know, we'll see. It's at least a wild card to keep an eye on, if nothing else. All right? So that's what's going on at Houston. Now let's go to Baylor. Dave Aranda's coming back. Jeff Grimes, his offensive coordinator, is out. Both of those moves make sense. Dave Aranda did something at Baylor that they've never done. He won 12 games two years ago. Never been done at Baylor. Won the Big 12. Um, won a New Year's Six Bowl game, the Sugar Bowl. I mean, it was an incredible season. The last two years have been incredible disappointments. That being said, and I have been critical of Dave Aranda, I've been critical of this Baylor team. Bringing him back is the right move. Dave Aranda has to admit to making changes in the ever-changing landscape of college football. He has been slow on the NIL stuff. He has been slow on utilizing the transfer portal, and he's got to change his ways. A lot of this, a lot of the guys that are struggling, from Jimbo Fisher to Dave Aranda, are struggling because they're getting set in their ways. They're not changing with the college football landscape. And if you're not changing, you're dying. And we've seen Baylor die the last couple of years. It has not been pretty for this team or this program. And that's something that has to change, and it has to change immediately for them to have success. And getting a new offensive coordinator, 
is a good place to start. Now, I'm not convinced they got the horses, especially a quarterback, to get it done. But here's the thing. Blake Shapin has regressed as a quarterback the last couple of years. That's on the coaching staff. And I know Aranda is a defensive guy, but that's on the guys under him. Blake Shapin feels like he got worse every single year as a quarterback over the last three years. And, I mean, you remember a time when Blake Shapin and Gary Bohannon were going at it for the quarterback spot, and Gary Bohannon transferred to USF because Blake Shapin was basically named the starting quarterback after the 2021 season. And Dave Aranda, to his credit, told Gary, hey, listen, Shapin's our guy. You should hit the portal and go play elsewhere. That was a nice move from Miranda. I think he's a great man. I root for him. But that's how high they were on Blake Shapin. And the guy just, I, I mean, he kept getting worse as the last couple of years went on. So you need a major overhaul in offense because we saw this play out this year. I mean, Baylor couldn't do anything on the offensive side of the ball. They were bottom four in the Big 12 in points per game, in total yards per game, excuse me. They were second worst in the Big 12 in points per game. They were second worst in the Big 12 in rushing yards per game. And uh, the only thing they did okay was pass the ball, but even that wasn't oftentimes pretty. When it came to efficiency on that side of the ball, they were bottom four in the league. It has to improve. Now, if you want a bright spot for Baylor, and there are bright spots that I want to touch on here for Baylor, they played a lot of freshmen this year. A lot of freshmen got a lot of reps for the Baylor Bears. Here's what those numbers look like for Baylor when it comes to freshmen playing this year. Baylor played the most freshmen in the Big 12 this season, with 24 true and redshirt freshmen playing nearly 4,500 snaps. That's a big number. So if Baylor can get this thing back on track, if they can use these freshmen to build the program, then maybe they've got something. Maybe they can truly take that next step. But here's the thing. I mean, when you're losing to Houston at home, when you're losing to West Virginia the way they lost on Saturday night, giving up a late field goal, when uh, you're getting blown out by TCU and Kansas State and Texas and Iowa State, I mean, you sit there and you say to yourself, is it likely? I don't know. I, I, we might be sitting here with Baylor at 6-6 six and six next season saying, what do we do now? What do we do now? I, that might be the case next year. But I believe that Dave Aranda has done himself enough to earn the opportunity for a, another shot in 2024. There's no doubt in my mind he's earned that. He deserves that. He's a great face of the program. He's a good man. He's a man of faith. He's a fit down there in Waco for all those reasons. And I think he got a little bit of leeway because of the kind of guy that he is and the relationship that he has with Mac Rhodes. And I'm okay with that. Business should be like that. We should want to be in business with good people. And I do think Baylor is in a good business relationship with a good man in, in Dave Aranda. And frankly, in a world that's going to hell in a handbasket, I'm looking for good people. If I'm an athletic director, I'm looking for good, solid human beings to represent my program. Now, ultimately, you got to win. But if you've proven you can win, which Dave Aranda has done, and yes, you're a good dude, you get a little more leeway and you deserve a little more leeway. And that's what Baylor gave Dave Aranda. And it's worth it.
So now as we sit here and we analyze the Big 12 coaching landscape, um, you know, no other head coaches, I say this obviously, and I'm going to knock on my wooden desk as I say it, I don't think any other Big 12 coaches are going anywhere. We may have more coordinator shakeups. That's something we're going to be keeping a close eye on. But uh, the coaching carousel is obviously in full swing right now, and we're going to be all over it at heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. It is great to have you here. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube as we continue to uh, bring you the latest happening in the Big 12 Conference. Subscribe to us on the podcast. Leave a five-star rating and review, and um, we'll send you a uh, free Heartland College Sports koozie. When you leave a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of the podcast rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Let's get to some of your comments on YouTube and Facebook. This is from Kim. Dave Aranda is a coordinator, not a head coach. Well, listen, the guy's won 12 games. He's won a Sugar Bowl. He's won a Big 12 title. I can't sit here and say he's not a head coach. No, 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 no. I, I can't do that right now. I understand the sentiment, but I can't say that in good faith right now. I think that he has proven to be a good coach. I don't think he's forgotten how to be a good coach. He just has to adapt. Two years ago is a different world of college football than what we're living through today. With the portal, with the NIL, everything else, it is crazy. And Dave Aranda's kind of still in that old school mentality, and he's got to adapt, and he's got to change, and he knows that. He understands that. So now you got to figure out whether or not you've got the guy and how to adjust for the current climate in college football going forward. That's the key for Dave Aranda. So we'll be seeing how it all plays out. I haven't seen a single Houston fan who's upset that Dana Holgerson's gone. Holgerson should go back to Oklahoma State as the offensive coordinator. This is from Chris on Facebook. His head coaching days are over. Uh, I think his head coaching days are over. I I agree with that. You know, I don't know. And I don't want to question anybody's motivation, but I don't know how much more Dana Holgerson wants to coach, to be totally honest. I think it'd be cool to have him back with Gundy like the old days. But, uh, yeah, I am not seeing that happening. And I don't know if Mike Gundy wants that either, to be honest. No way, no how. (laughs) Uh, Terry says Dana was good friends with Tillman Fertitta. No, I know. That's why he got the job. I mean, why Houston thought Dana was going to work his magic or work any magic at Houston is beyond me. But yes, Tillman Fertitta, the mega booster there, and Dana Holgerson are buddies. And that's why ultimately that relationship happened. And after five years, it rightfully came to an end. I'm Pete Mundo. Join our message boards, by the way. We've got Oklahoma State and Texas fans who are going to be down in Arlington um, talking to folks about what those tailgates are going to look like. And we're going to be conversing about the coaching carousel as well on the Heartland College Sports message boards, where we're also giving away $20 gift cards every single week to our posters on the board. So go to heartlandcollegesports.com, click on the members forum at the top of the page, and join us there. We appreciate you guys. Share the show. Thank you for being here. Subscribe as well, and we'll talk to you soon. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com, covering the Big 12. We'll talk to you soon. See you later.